Chapter 5 Spirit Wisps Amory and Desdale stood in place a few moments longer, dwelling on what had just occurred. And Endel had lent his assistance to Amory. Confidence crept up in strength within him, and in that confidence a thought came to him. It was a brief thought at first, but as he imagined its potential, it grew to something momentous. What if I were to follow Bay back to Tempertime Cemetery, he thought. I could hear the words he says to activate a portal. I think I'm going to go home and put my compass away, Amory hastily told Desdale, holding up the compass. Probably smart after what just happened. Desdale ran a hand through the hair on the back of his head. Are you going to come back? I'm not sure, Amory lifted his feet. Well, maybe I'll see you later then. If not, I'll see you at teachings. Perhaps that black luck is coming to an end. Yeah, perhaps it is, Amory said, nodding in agreement. With that, Amory and Desdale parted ways. Desdale walked off into the commotion of the celebration. Amory headed towards Tempertime Cemetery. Amory reached Bay just in time to see him enter Tempertime. As stealthily as he could, Amory followed him, running hunched over while ducking behind headstones. Just as his back was beginning to ache, he noticed a fog barreling over the grounds. Closer and closer, Amory had to stay to the Endel to keep him within his range of sight. While Amory trailed the Endel, the army of lifelessness stood tall and firm. Its eyes watched him diligently. Every move he made was monitored by its collective, attentive stares. Restlessness amongst it had grown into a whirlwind of anticipation. In eager expectation, it held its breath with the knowledge it had, trying hard not to whisper it to a faded youth. Before Amory knew it, the fog had hindered his view severely. Bay marched on at the border of visibility and invisibility, a wavering silhouette at the fringe of existence. He tried his hardest to keep close, but he soon reached the threshold at which he could achieve proximity without being noticed. It was at this time that the fog, with stealth of its own, engulfed everything, capriciously fusing chaos and confusion into a storm to rival the hopes of a fervent boy. Suddenly, the Endel was gone, and Amory was left in sightlessness. Haughtily, the boy plunged into the billows of white in order to find the merchant, but he was nowhere to be found. He ran loudly, disregarding stealth, and yelled out into the fog. No one responded. A bout of despair accumulated within Amory's chest as he realized his plans had been foiled. Although wrought with frustration, he refocused his efforts towards exiting the cemetery back the way he had come. The further he walked, the greater his despair grew. The graves went on and on and so did the fog. In front and back and to each side all rows contained identical headstones. He most assuredly had made a wrong turn. Not even the terrain made the dips and rises Amory had crossed upon during his last visit. When his panic was at its pinnacle, ready to boil and burst into a complete loss of courage, Amory remembered the compass. In clumsy haste, he pulled it from his pocket. Town should be to the west, he thought, looking at the needle, and so westward he headed. Even this did not result in an exit. An endless sea of graves within a labyrinth of fog was all he found. If I keep walking in one direction, I should get to the end of the cemetery. It doesn't go on forever, Amory kept telling himself as confidently as he could. 
And as he continued farther and farther west, according to the compass, he still lacked in the discovery of an end to the cemetery. The boy realized something was wrong with the compass. It could not have possibly been giving him the proper readings unless Tempertime Cemetery truly did unfold ceaselessly. Sure enough, as he investigated, west at one location was not in the same direction as west at a later location. He was being led in a circle. What then was the needle pointing to at the center of this circle? Amory had to find out. Like a rope leading to where its end lay tied, Amory followed the needle of the compass. He followed its trail and it did not lead him astray. In but a short time he stood at the end of the compass's guidance. The compass had led him to the destination of his previous journey and of his most potent memory. He stood seized before his dark friend, the giant tree of Tempertime Cemetery. Even within the barrier of the fog, its figure dominated the space around it. Nothing could hinder its powerful presence. When Amri arrived at the Netherden, his sight stumbled upon a strange yet stunning spectacle. Flying silently around the tree were two wisps of vibrant blue and white. Their colors oscillated together in an enchantment of sight. There was no pattern to their flights other than the tight circumferences they held to the outline of the tree. Their light trailed off far behind them before fading into nothing. As Amory approached the tree, he noticed that there was nothing driving the movement of these exuberant wisps. Their cores were simply light. Hope seemed to be the boys once more. His mood was relieved by the sight of the black tree and peculiar streams of light. He took respite upon the tree's branches to relieve his legs and to gather his wits. The needle within the compass spiraled unceasingly as he rested. He decided to wait out the fog within the orb of the magical lights. Amory had again fallen into a shallow slumber upon the netherden when he was urgently alerted by the rustle of steps. His eyes snapped open. The sound was nearby. He looked around, swiveling his head this way and that. He heard the steps again and adjusted his position carefully so he could look directly behind him. He could not see anything because of the fog, but he could definitely hear something steadily moving towards the tree. A sudden fear began lurking within him. As whatever was out there got closer, the boy could feel the beat of his heart rising with intensity and frequency. All he could do was stay where he was and wait for the mystery of the sound to be revealed. He was prey to whatever was coming. Please let it be Ragmoon, Amory hoped. And when he was just about to cry in terror at the reality of what was approaching, a boy stepped into sight. Turber! Turber had followed him. Turber, what are you doing here? Amory shouted. I... But he was cut short by the sound of another approaching entity. Turber ducked down behind a stone. An exotic, robe-adorned figure protruded from the dense gray of the fog. The robe was a deep olive and contained a hood. This hood concealed the face of whoever wore it. Amory's fear peaked and he looked on with dread. The robed figure stopped short of the base of the tree and raised a large jar that had curves of foreign design. A strange familiarity of evil whispered through the boy's mind. With a free hand, the robed figure removed the lid from the jar. Once the lid was removed, the blue and white wisps streaming around the tree were pulled towards the jar unwillingly. At the same moment, Amory felt something within him being pulled as well. 
The robed figure took a few steps closer to the tree, and the blue lights could not resist any longer. They surged with great speed into the jar. With despair, Amri saw a similar wisp of light spring from his own body. For a moment, a harsh daze of complacency hung about him in a drapery of thick poison. Before the blue and white light from his body could be collected, the lid was abruptly placed back on the jar by a hand not of the hooded owners, sealing tightly inside those two other magnificent entities. The robed figure then left in agitation, leaving Ragdaddle Moonchelly with Amory and the hidden Turber. Hurry, young Amory, get to your senses. You must get your spirit back, the Sprith shouted. Amory hung in a disorienting stupor. In a deep voice, Ragdaddle spoke words of the Styrene language. It was then that he became aware. His spirit, the Wisp, was twirling and circling about the Netherden like the two lights before it. Capture your spirit quickly, Ragdaddle yelled. Pass any part of your body over it. The Sprith spoke again in Styrene tongue, and Amory's spirit halted halfway on an upward path. Hurry, young Amory. I cannot contain it many more moments. Amory scrambled through the branches of the tree and leapt towards the glowing blue and white light, flailing his body upon it and falling into open air. Turber did not reveal himself, but he witnessed it all.